Let's pray. Father, may the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our hearts please you. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Do you know him? Really? I wonder if you know him. See, I actually think that is the absolute biggest question ever. I don't care who you are. I think it's the biggest question ever. Even if you're not sure about Jesus, what if he really is who he said he was and can do what he said he could do? Would you want to know him? I suppose everybody knows at least a little bit about God. The Apostle Paul, who used to hate Jesus for a time, put it like this. He said, the basic reality of God is plain enough. Just open your eyes. There it is. By taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, people have always been able to see what their eyes as such can't see, His eternal power, for instance, and the mystery of His divine being. So nobody has a good excuse. But here's what happened. People knew God perfectly well, but they didn't treat Him like God. Which means that a lot of people know about God without really knowing God, right? So do you know about God or do you know God? I wonder if you know Him, really. Now my preaching partner, Randy, knows a whole lot about Bobby Knight. How many of you guys know who Bobby Knight is? Okay, I know he's a little dated now, but if you're a Hoosier, you might think that Bobby Knight was the greatest basketball coach ever. If you're a Kentuckian, you probably think Bobby Knight was a demon from hell. Randy coached basketball for a couple of years, actually won a couple of championships at the national championships at the Christian college level. Randy and a couple of his friends used to go to this little cafe in Indiana, and occasionally they would have coffee and talk with Bobby Knight. They would talk basketball together. Randy considers him a basketball genius, personal jerk. He even got to watch a couple of games together. Randy will tell you, I know a lot about Bobby Knight, but I don't really know him. There's a difference, isn't there? Do you know about God, or do you know him, really? Randy knows me way better than he knows Bobby Knight. 35 years ago, Randy and I were neighbors, friends, colleagues at the college. And we have been studying together, writing sermons together, and coaching each other as pastors for 20 years now. Julie knows me even better than Randy does. We've been married for 46 years. Gone through all kinds of highs and lows together. She knows what will thrill me. She knows what will hurt me. She usually knows what I think, not always, because I don't even know what I think sometimes. My kids know me pretty well. My grandkids less so, because they haven't seen me cry. Very few have. Very few think that I can. I heard a story about an old woman at a funeral. She was asked, do you know the woman who died? And she said, not really. We were just acquaintances. We never cried together. I've had hundreds, probably thousands of friends during my lifetime. Clusters of friends in California, Oregon, Tennessee, Georgia, Kentucky, others who are scattered all over now. I 
still remember some of their names and faces. I used to know so many of them pretty well. Most of them I don't know now. I may know a few things about them, but I don't really know them now. That's kind of like a lot of people are with God, right? Used to know God, really, but not so much now. So, I wonder if you know him now, if you really know him right now, right here, or whether that is a used to for some of you. Now, is that fair, the way I've shaped the question? Is that fair? I mean, isn't just believing in God, just knowing about God enough? As long as you're spiritual, as long as you think Jesus really was the Son of God, wouldn't believing in Jesus, believing about Jesus being enough? There's even a Bible verse that we pull out to prove it. I've heard it my whole life. Just believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. Just believe and you'll be saved. Just believe. It's all you need, right? No. I don't think that's what it means. See, there's another verse that puts it like this. Even the demons believe and tremble. They believe. They're smart enough to tremble. It's not enough to save them. Just like just believing won't save you. In fact, there are a whole lot of people who are stupid enough to believe in God and not tremble at all. That's not smart. Do you actually know Him? Really? Now, I dug around a little bit last week, and I found some numbers that I think are pretty solid from the Pew Research Center. They tell us that 63% of us are absolutely certain there is a God. About another 20% are fairly certain there is a God, which means that only 17% of us claim to be confused, agnostic, or atheistic. Does that mean that 83% of us know God? They also tell us that 53% of us say that religion, God stuff, is really important in our life. Another 24% say that it's somewhat important in life, which means that only about 23% of us say that this God stuff is not very important or not important at all. Now, does that mean that 87% of us know God? Or if you want to tighten it up, that 53% of us know God, those who say that this stuff is very important in their life. Are they the ones who know God? Is taking religion seriously what it's all about? And I'm curious. I don't have any numbers for this, but I actually wonder how many Jesus followers or people who are no longer Jesus followers would say that this Jesus stuff used to be very important to them. And you guys like that? And I wonder how many people, if Jesus really is the key to heaven, I wonder how many people are going to try to convince God that Jesus really was important to them when they stand before God face to face with heaven or hell at stake. Even when they know that Jesus really didn't play that big a role in their life. See, a lot of people did believe in Jesus once and everybody's going to believe in Him someday. But I wonder if it's the in-between that counts. The knowing God in the in-between, doing life with God, for God, God's way. Okay, I'm going to focus on these questions from two different angles, two different perspectives. 
first from kind of our perspective and then kind of from God's perspective. Two different verses that show these different perspectives. Here's the first. Jesus is praying, and this is the Last Supper. This is right before Jesus dies for us, and Jesus knows exactly what's coming, so he gets really serious with his disciples. That means he's serious as he's talking to us. And he says this. He says, this is the way to have eternal life. This is something you need to hear, right? This is the way to have eternal life. This is the key to eternal life. And listen, guys, eternal life is not just about length, quantity. Eternal life is also about quality. It's about how to have a great life, the life that you were created by God to live forever. And Jesus says this is the way to have eternal life. This is important. Here it is. To know you, the only true God, and to know Jesus Christ, the one that you sent to earth. So eternal life, Jesus says, is knowing you, God, and knowing me, Jesus says. So do you know him? I wonder if you really know him. Because here's what's at stake, Jesus says, heaven or hell, eternal life. The life we were created to live forever or the pale substitute that most people settle for followed by separation from God forever, which is why I think this is the biggest question ever, no matter who you are. Do you know him? What's it mean? What's it mean to know Jesus? I'm going to suggest four keys. You might come up with others. I don't know. But here's my key number one. Used to know him doesn't cut it. You know, guys who say, I'm a Christian, right? I mean, I was baptized when I was eight. I joined a church. And I used to go a lot, still do sometimes. That counts, doesn't it? I don't usually pull Greek grammar on you guys. It doesn't really help most of the time. But in the Greek, that they know you is actually just one word, not four. And it's a specific form called a present active subjunctive, which doesn't mean a whole lot except to you that it means it's not something you did way back then and it's not something you did once. It's something you're doing now repeatedly. Eternal life, Jesus says, is knowing you, knowing you right here, right now. It's not about the past. Do you know Jesus? That's key number one. Used to know him doesn't cut it. Here's key number two. Knowing about him doesn't cut it. It's not a knowing about him. This eternal life is not offered to those who know a whole lot about God, about the Bible, about Jesus. I got a PhD from one in one of the better universities in this country in New Testament. It's around a whole lot of people who know a whole lot about God and a whole lot about the Bible and a whole lot about Jesus, way more than I did, who didn't know him at all. I've known a boatload of people who know a whole lot about God, a whole lot about the Bible, a whole lot about Jesus, who don't really know him. Some of them even believe in God and don't know him. Even the demons believe in God and don't know him. At least the demons tremble. I've known a whole lot of people who believe in God and don't tremble. You know why? Because they don't know Him. You see, you can know about Jesus intellectually without knowing about Jesus experientially, right? You can know about Jesus secondhand 
without ever knowing about or knowing Jesus personally. You can know about Jesus in your head without ever knowing Jesus in your heart. Do you know Jesus? So used to know him doesn't cut it. Knowing about him doesn't cut it. Here's number three. It is about doing life with God. Doing life with God. And I'm not talking about an hour a week. Is he part of your day? And I'm not talking about just one day a week. You ever read or listen to his word, the Bible, maybe even ponder it? You ever talk to him? You ever try to get quiet with God and just really listen or feel his presence? Do you ever see something that's amazingly cool and what comes to your mind is, wow, God? You ever see something that makes you mad and wonder if it makes God mad too or whether you're the one that's twisted? Do you make worshiping him a part of the rhythm of your life? Knowing God takes doing life with God. But it even goes deeper than that. It does. Key number four. It's about doing life with God, for God, God's way. Because you can do life with God without even trying to do life for God or trying to do life God's way. I use that phrase around here a lot on purpose, knowing God is about doing life with God, for God, God's way. Jesus says, this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God. The only true God and Jesus Christ, the one that you sent to earth. In other words, he's your God. You're not God. Nobody around you is God. Nothing around you is God. He's your God, the only true God, the only one worthy to be treated as God. Which is why the Apostle John, in his old, old age, as he's coaching us Jesus followers, says this. He says, how can we be sure that we know him? He's our God. He's our God. You see, if you know what God wants and don't care, He's not your God. You don't really know Him. By the way, this is another one of those present subjunctives. It's not about obeying His commandments once, back when. It's about a habit, a way of life right now. We are doing life with God for God, God's way. At least we're trying, because I know, guys, you're going to mess up. Every one of us messes up a lot. We struggle to obey God. All of us do. And John deals with that, too. That's where grace comes in. But knowing God, it means trying to do life for God, God's way. In fact, John says, if someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, he's a liar. Lying to himself, maybe, lying to God. That person is not living in the truth. It's strong. See, knowing God is not just about doing life with God. It's about doing life for God, God's way. See, if you do life with God, for God, and actually let him be your God, he will change you. He's going to change you. You're going to start looking like him and thinking like him and acting like him. Julie and I have a Mexican daughter, too. Her name is Giovanna. Uh, she joined our family several years ago when she was in college. And very special to us. We got to take her to San Diego for a short vacation. 
I teased her mercilessly. I know that that probably shocks some of you guys, but I told Vana, I said, Vana, they, they may profile you. You know why? Because you're a Mexican. They may pull you over and give you a hard time. And if they do, you're on your own. You try to pull me in, I'm not going to help you. I'll tell them, I don't know this girl. Does she look like me? Does she talk like me? Well, Julie and I got to take her back home to Mexico too. And so Vana told me, she says, Dad, when we get to Mexico City, the federales may profile you, you gringo. They may pull you over and give you a hard time. And if they do, you're on your own, Dad. They ask me about you, I'm going to tell them, I don't know this guy. Does he look like me? Does he talk like me? She's a mean little thing. But here's the deal. If you hang with God as your God, eventually you're going to start looking like Him and you're going to start talking like Him. You're going to start thinking like Him and acting like Him. You're not going to rub off on God. He's God. He is going to rub off on you and your life's going to be better. So, have you ever laughed with God? Have you ever cried with God? Have you ever hung out with God enough that you start to understand what hurts Him? And are the things that hurt God starting to hurt you? One very famous Jesus follower put it like this. He says, let my heart be broken by the things that break the heart of God. Do you know Him? But listen, guys, there's an even bigger question, I think. You ready? Maybe it's the same question, just from a different perspective. Does he know you? Would God say that he knows you? Would Jesus say that he knows you? And I know in, in one respect, that's an absurdly silly question. And God knows everything. You know, that's kind of what makes him God. Nothing knowable that God doesn't know. So he knows absolutely everything about absolutely every one of us. He knows way more about you than you do. So if Jesus is God and God knows everything, how could Jesus say to anyone, get away from me because I never knew you? Hmm. But he did say that. And he's going to say that to some. And there's nothing worse that anybody could ever hear from anybody than that. Let me show you. The most famous sermon ever preached was what's called the Sermon on the Mount. You can find it in the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5 to 7, chock full of some of the most memorable things that Jesus ever said. It's near the end of the sermon when Jesus is wrapping things up, when he says, you, which means you, all of you, you can enter God's kingdom only through a narrow gate. He says, the highway to hell is broad. That gate is wide for the many who choose that way. The gateway to life is narrow and the road is difficult and only a few are going to find that. Huh? Sounds kind of ominous, doesn't it? I mean, most people have it reversed. Highway to heaven is broad. Most people are going to find it, right? We think. Gateway to hell is very narrow and only for the worst of the worst, Right? Apparently not. And after Jesus says that, he goes on to warn us about false prophets who come in disguise, deep fakes. They look like harmless sheep, but they're really vicious wolves. And he says you can identify them by their fruit. In other words, words are cheap. And Jesus says it's the same with us too. He says good trees produce good fruit. Bad trees don't. 
So just like you can identify a tree by its fruit, you can identify people by their actions. It's not their words, right? It's not what we say. And then he gets to these words, the words that I hope make you pause a little and tremble a little. He says, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. I thought all you had to do was believe in Jesus. And he says, it's not about what you believe. It's not about what you say. Did you know that a lot of people call Jesus Lord who actually never treat him as Lord? Jesus says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. He says, only those who actually do the will of my Father will enter. You see, Jesus says, there's a difference between calling him Lord and actually doing life with God, for God, God's way. And it's not about what we did once a long time ago when we used to treat Jesus as Lord for a while. The used to won't count. And it's not about what you're going to say on that day when you stand in his presence when life is over and every knee is going to bow. It's about the in-between. It's about now, isn't it? Do you know Jesus now? And then Jesus does a little prophesying. It's God. He can do that. He says, on judgment day, many people are going to say to me, Lord, Lord, no kidding. Then they're going to make their case. We prophesied in your name. We cast demons in your name. We performed many miracles in your name. And this verse has always kind of haunted me, you see. I believe in God fiercely. And I'm very comfortable working for God. I'm not always comfortable being with God, even as a pastor. Maybe especially as a pastor. It's pretty easy for me to keep God at arm's length as I try to build up my own spiritual resume. But I guess that's not a whole lot different than a lot of people are with God. A lot of us Jesus followers are far more comfortable being God's servants than we are his kids, sons and his daughters. I know he wants us to do life for him his way, but he also wants to do life with us. God doesn't want slaves. He wants kids. How amazing is that? And so, Jesus says, on judgment day, Many are going to say to me, Lord, Lord, and we make our case. We prophesy, we cast out demons, we perform miracles in your name. Trust me, on that day, every single person is going to try to claim to be a Jesus follower, and some of us are going to make a pretty persuasive case. And Jesus will say, I never knew you. Get away from me. Because it's not about the words that we say. And if that doesn't make you take this thing seriously, if it doesn't make you tremble a little, you don't get it. So, three questions. Number one, do you know him? I'm not asking about whether you know about him. Do you know him? I'm not asking about whether you knew him once. I'm asking whether you know him right now. Are you trying to do life with God, for God, God's way? Not just an hour or two a week. Do you know Him? Question number two. Does He know you? He knows about you. (laughs) 
knows everything about you, way more about you than you know about you. Does he know you about you or does he know you as one of his own? As someone who's trying to do life with him, for him, his way? Because he knows. God is no fool, guys. Does he know you right now? Not used to. He's know you're trying to do life with him, not just an hour or two a week, but every day. And when we fail him, which we all do repeatedly, all the time, we breathe in grace and we get up and we try again. Actually, these two questions, I think, are the same question. Do you know him? Does he know you? I think they're linked. I think it's the same question from two different angles. But there's one other big question. Do you care? Do you care? Right here, right now, do you care? Do you care to know him? Do you care if he knows you? You see, the deal is, guys, I think a whole lot of people live like they don't care. I think some of us are tempted to live like we don't care. Others of you, you might be bothered, maybe right now. How do you know? How do you know if you really know God? How do you know right now that God knows you? How do you know if he's really going to know you on that all-important day? Are you supposed to go through life in fear, in terror, as a Jesus follower? No. Listen, guys, Jesus went to hell for you so you could go to heaven with him. Jesus is not looking for an excuse to kick you out. He's looking for a way to hold you close. Your love for Jesus may be fragile and fail constantly. His love for you is nothing like yours. He's entirely faithful. This is maybe a weird way to look at it, but I think there's a truth here. Listen, guys, if you're a little worried right now where you stand with God, you're in a great place with God. Great teacher by the name of Stephen Brown put it like this. He says, if you've been struggled with assurance, if you're plagued by the constant thought of I I may not really belong to God. The very fact that you're thinking about it is a sign that you do belong to Him. How cool is that? If you are concerned about your relationship with Jesus right now, and if your concern is more than words, it's a sign that the Spirit of God is working inside of you. Otherwise, you wouldn't care. Steve Brown put it like this. He says, maybe right now you're working hard at being obedient. Maybe right now you're feeling scared inside that you're not a Christian. What do you do? Well, persevere. Keep on trucking. One day you're going to become so tired of obedience, so tired of holding on so long that your knuckles turn white, that you let go. And at that moment you'll make a wonderful discovery that God was holding you all along. And you will know that you know Him. I hope God's working on you this morning. Because I think a lot of us need to get a little bit more serious about our Jesus following. It's been a tough year. And it's time to get started. If you're not a Jesus follower, we need to talk. We've got elder in the back of the room praying for you right now. A little prayer room. If you just slip back there, he'll pray with you right now. If you want, I'm going to be right down front. Vern's going to be right down front, right here. During this next song, come on down. Let us talk with you. Let us pray with you. We need a church family. Come on down. Let's pray with you. Let's get it done. 
If you are a Jesus follower, guys, this is the time to assess. How are you with God right now? You have some work to do? Do you feel His strength? Do you feel His peace? Do you feel His presence? Let's stand for a moment and give our God the worship and the praise. I'm not quite done. I've got a couple more words to say after this song, so don't get excited, okay? But let's stand and give Him the praise that He deserves.